The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jess Navarro's Christy Skills, Aisha Morrison here with you on this Thursday overcasty afternoon uh, that we're seeing here at the beautiful Star in Frisco, mm-hmm. live from the SWBC Podcast Studios. Ladies, let's get right to it. Um, if anybody has any questions throughout the rest of the show, please text us at 817-290-3298. The Dallas Cowboys practice report came out, and there was a new addition, and we're going to get right into it, but let's just do a little overview first. Both Tyler Smith um, and Brandon Cooks did not participate. Tyler Smith still dealing with that hamstring injury for the second week now. Brandon Cooks dealing with that knee injury, which we'll get into a little bit as well. Also did not participate. Zach Martin, newly added to that practice report, limited with a groin injury. Safety Donovan Wilson, uh, he was limited and he was... uh, Active. We'll talk about what we saw at practice as well with that calf injury. And then uh, Tyron Smith, a full go for the second day in a row at practice. All right, Christy, let's jump right to this because Zach Martin being added to that practice report. The sky is falling again. People are panicking again. I'm so glad we can bring you that sense of relief uh, when these kind of things happen. Let's talk about this because... We were talking about this before we started recording of the protocol that goes into these practice reports, first of all, and when things like this happen, kind of, you know, people jump to panic, but why that might not be the case when you see something like this happen. Yeah, that you're required by league rules. If if a player misses any part of practice, then they need to be added to um, the report. And then on um, Friday afternoon, you'll have your final uh, one of the week, but generally it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is when you have to um, provide those. When you have Thursday night football games, you have to uh, provide it earlier in the week. But um, the one thing about Zach Martin is it's listed as a groin injury. So because he missed part of practice today, by rule, he needs to be included on the injury report that's made uh, mid-afternoon central time to the league office. I'll give you an example. Um, The Cowboys had a walkthrough yesterday that was later in the afternoon. Well, it was after the time that, you know, it was required. So, um, you know, that was already turned in before they even had their afternoon practice just because there's a certain deadline that needs to be met. The one thing about Zach Martin with a groin injury, it's kind of like Tyler Smith with a hamstring or Donovan Wilson with a calf injury. We've talked about Aisha. I know we've hit on it the past couple of weeks, the soft tissue mm-hmm. injuries. So uh, it's one of those things where even if Zach is full go and able to play on uh, Sunday and he spoke in the locker room afterwards there was no indication that he was going to miss time or anything like that but still these soft tissue injuries are something that just kind of sometimes seem to linger and just have to kind of be nursed along uh, during the week leading into game day yeah even seeing Donovan out there today it didn't register to me that this was the first time we've seen him in pads and 
how long, y'all? Well, it, his, it was the first day of training camp practice yeah. back on July uh, 25th yeah. when he got when he hurt his calf. That feels like forever. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. And so, like, again, to your point, with anything that's soft tissue, it's the I, – I think sometimes they're extra cautionary about them, and I think that's the right way to go about it. But to your point, yeah, we, seeing Zach and seeing him move around and stuff, he – didn't seem like there was anything, but you also just added, it doesn't matter what part of practice that they missed. It's, it's It could be any part. They have to report it. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the one thing that's disappointing is that Brandon Cooks was a, D, a DNP and did not yep. practice. And so that doesn't bode well for Sunday because today was the heavy practice day. Yeah. Usually Wednesdays and Thursdays are your heavy practice days. And today was actually a padded practice. You only get 14 of those uh, during a regular season. And so they're valuable. Right. And so um, when you miss one, it's it's disappointing. But we're not saying that Brandon's not going to be able to go on Sunday. But the fact that yet. that he was right. DNP both Wednesday and Thursday, that's that's unfortunate. During practice today, uh, Brandon Cooks was in street gear, so he wasn't even mm -hmm. dressed out. Uh, he was working with Britt Brown exclusively on the side uh, with the resistance ropes, mm -hmm. which is kind of the pattern we've been seeing of guys that aren't going to participate in practice. They're obviously not dressed out. Uh, Tyler Smith was also working. Mm -hmm. there they were kind of taking turns with those ropes as well so um we don't know yet again we don't know the availability we don't know any of that Mike McCarthy doesn't typically really say anything um when it comes to those because again he wants to give them every single opportunity to really know uh when he's ready and so Brandon Cooks we really don't know um Tyler Smith still we don't know but Donovan Wilson, like we were talking about, it was good to see him getting integrated back in. So it said he was limited. What we were outside in practice, what we saw was him doing the team stretches with the rest of the guys. It was him, J-Ron, um, and, and then Malik all lined up together. They were stretching together. And then for a little bit, uh, Donovan went back to Burt Brown, did some resistance rope work, and then he went right back to his position group drills. So it was really cool uh, to see him kind of hyped up. And a moment that Aisha noticed, I wanted her to talk about this, because she drew attention to it uh, when we were standing right there. I didn't see it. But what did you see between Britt Brown and Donovan Wilson yeah, during that's that time? Sorry, that's when it registered to me that he had been work. He's been working with Britt Brown for how long now? I I'm trying to do the math. Like, has it been, it been a over a month? Oh, yeah. Well, July. Well over a month. Yeah. 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 So um, I was just, I was, I, when he, they embraced each other. That's what I saw. It's like Britt was just you know, telling him, like, okay, you're good to go. Like, go ahead and, you know, get out there. And But he gave them, they, they hugged each other, and it was for a good little amount of time. And you could tell that it was like, you're, okay, kiddo, you've done the yeah. work. Go ahead and go do your thing. Yeah. And, it, and it was just, for me, I, we've seen, um, well, Britt Brown, is being re he's been recognized as one of the best trainers in the NFL. The Cowboys training staff has been voted one of the better um, training staffs in the NFL. But I know that, as someone that's gone through rehab, you connect to your PT or your trainers in a different way. They see your they see your down days. They see your up days. It's a lot of emotion, a lot of frustration. So I know that Britt is probably very connected to some of these guys with some of these major injuries they've gone through. And I thought it was just nice to um, see a little bit of that, have the pleasure to see yeah. a little bit of that today. And, and Britt is not a guy that tosses verbal bouquets oh, okay no. yeah he is he is he is uh i won't say crusty i i've known uh oh. i've known brit a long time yeah but he you know 
he doesn't suffer fools gladly, and he's he's a person that you earn his respect, and then you you have it. I mean, yes. he is he's um, he has to be so diligent. Mm-hmm. And part of it, like you say, Aisha, when you're a PT, or um, they actually gave him a, a job title promotion, you know, director of rehabilitation uh, for Brit. But you know, a lot of it is the psychological part, yeah. and and he. You know, he has so much invested in in these guys, and you you help them along psychologically as well as um, physically in their rehab. But just to see the pride that Britt has taken in Terrence Steele's rehab, for example, it's something that he and I were talking about a few weeks ago, and he's just so proud and and happy for him. And so the Cowboys uh, fan base, um, a a lot of you have heard the name Britt Brown, but I just want you to know that he is one of the most respected people in the entire building, not just players and coaches but and medical staff, but all of us who have a chance to see what happens behind the scenes. What I also like, too, is Mike McCarthy, when he talks about Brit, he talks it talks about it being a constant conversation. Sure. So it's not like they go without communicating and then all of a sudden, hey, you know, so and so is not participating. No. Mike and Britt have a very good working relationship from the sounds of it. They communicate constantly and like you said, they put an emphasis on that mental return too, because it's not just about your physical return. And I love how open Mike McCarthy is about talking about that aspect of a major injury return because you know, not a lot of people really think about it that way. They think, oh, well, they're they're ready, their body's ready, get them out on the field now. They're a football player, but they're also a human, right? So they, with that comes the human emotion of when somebody gets injured, it's natural for you to mentally kind of not be in that mindset for such a long time, especially when they're rehabbing and coming back, and uh, that's kind of where their mentals are. So something that I really have enjoyed watching Mike McCarthy do is just really, and we've talked about this before, um, emphasize the mental health aspect of Mm -hmm. the game and how important it is for his guys. And again, that goes back to the culture and why I think a lot of these guys are so bought into it um, as well. Yeah, and there's a new um, person that helps with that that part of it. Uh, Her name is Dr. Uh, uh, Heather Tweedle. And Heather, uh, she's in the player development program, but uh, mental health and wellness consultant. Of course, Chad has uh, worked with the Cowboys uh, for several years, comes in on the weekends, and he actually pulled double duty. He works Yankees and Cowboys. So when we were at Giant Stadium, Last week, he he actually had the baseball game in the afternoon and then came to the Cowboys sideline for the afternoon. And then uh, since we like to pull back the curtain and tell people about how things work uh, behind (laughs) the scenes, uh, John Park is the new director of Mm -hmm. football research for the Cowboys. But one thing that a lot of people don't know is whenever the Cowboys are out on the practice field, even if they're not in full pads, even if they're in their smaller shoulder pads called shells, there are computer chips in there. And so John and his staff are over kind of just past the end zone, little card table set up with a laptop on top of it, and when they're GPS tracking them. So you hear uh, Coach McCarthy often in his press conference Mm -hmm. mention GPS. Well, that's what they're doing. So every player has a certain threshold that uh, they would like them to reach but not exceed. And so as a player – and so John and his staff – they're looking at the uh, their laptops and they're getting the live information. It's how much uh, ground is being covered by the players. Now, someone like Jordan Lewis working his way back from the foot injury, someone like Donovan Wilson, their threshold may be lower as they're working their way back. 
and maybe not 100% as if mm-hmm. they had never been injured. And so um, the uh, football research staff, the uh, medical staff, the athletic training staff, the coaches, they're all working on this together. And so um, if a player exceeds his threshold, they'll pull them out for the drills or in the day. Or maybe if they don't meet the threshold, you know, they'll go back, hey, tomorrow, you know, we want to see this. Very good stuff there. Um, Of course, we're going to talk more about, you know, say some of these guys are not available, what that means as far as the depth in these position groups. We're going to take our first break. We're going to get right into that uh, as soon as we get back. But in the meantime, text us your questions, 817-290-3298. We're going to get to them after this break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about depth in certain position groups as they relate to potential availability or not. But first, Rally Days, presented by SeatGeek, give NFL fans an experience of a lifetime the day prior to Dallas Cowboys home games. On September 16th, enjoy activities at the Miller Lighthouse, get a behind-the-scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for more information and to go get your tickets today. All right, ladies, let's get into this because, again, now in question is a couple of things with this injury report coming out. One, the depth of the wide receiver room if Brandon Cooks is not available. Two, the depth of the offensive line if, uh, say, you know, Tyler Smith doesn't return. Chuma Udoga, we we saw that, but is he a guy that we're going to see more of? We'll get into that. Um, And then that also stands a question of Zach Martin. What are we going to see from that? Tyron Smith full go but just in case let's look at the depth of the whole offensive line uh let's start with our wide receiver core first because I feel like that's something um that is is interesting really when you look at how this it's such a it's such a different spot you're in this position now compared to a year ago where you didn't have this uh I guess availability to be so picky and and say oh well we have this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy that can really step up um if somebody's not available so Brandon Cook's not being out Aisha I'm going to defer to you first what do you think that means if or if he's not available if we don't know yet if he's not available for Sunday's game what does that mean for the rest of the group and who do you see kind of taking more in that rotation I mean, depending on how they work it, I would assume obviously Jalen Tolbert would be the next guy up, and possibly Jalen Brooks would take Jalen Tolbert's snaps on special teams because that's where he thrives anyway. So that is what I'm going to 
assume is how that would work. Um, Jalen Tolbert's ready. I think he's he's gained uh, this offense's trust in what he showed in preseason and, and his consistency through in training camp. And um, I just think he would be ready for the opportunity if he had to come out there. So that's that's how I assume they would handle it. Yeah, I, I think you're right on it. Uh, the, there are six wide receivers on the 53-man roster, but Jalen Brooks, the rookie, was inactive for game one. And so if Cooks is unable to go, then Brooks would be active and everybody moves up the pack order so it would be yeah. it would be uh, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Cavante Turpin and Jalen Brooks. And so um, but the other thing you know you're losing uh, if Cooks can't play that's a valuable weapon but remember yeah. you got all those tight ends too yeah that's and fair. so can can spread the ball amongst yeah. the tight ends as well but uh, Aisha uh, the important point you made uh, amongst many in that is is the special teams and Jalen Tolbert taking over for Kelvin Joseph as the gunner so you've got CJ Goodwin on one side and Jalen Tolbert who in his first work as a gunner in an NFL regular season game got a tackle last week Um, so uh, kudos to him but yes Jalen Brooks uh, would have to to take a a big role on special teams a couple of things I wanted to make mention of was one I talked to Jalen Brooks in the room today just kind of like hey if this happens how are you feeling um you know no one really knows yet and he said well it's such a weird position you can tell he's he's still younger right and and he and I love this because I love talking to these younger guys about how vulnerable they'll they'll talk with you about things and he said you know obviously I'm, I'm ready to go if if my number's called but I hate what has to happen in order for me to be ready to go right like he was saying he hates kind of the possibility of Brandon Cooks not playing because of an injury, but he said, I'm also ready to go, and that is because of the leadership that Brandon Cooks has given all of us Mm -hmm. and because of everything that I've learned and soaked in and I had a good preseason. And I said, okay, so if you could take one thing of your game and kind of polish it up from what you learned in the preseason, what would it be? And he said, the point of attack. I want to be more physical, and I want to attack all the way through. Um, That's what you want to work on? Yeah. And I said, boy, what? I feel like that was something, some of the best work he did. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's yeah, just yeah, really yeah, loving his Yeah, game. but once you get to the regular season, but different yeah. thing. No, know? that's fair. And yeah, he he's going yeah. up against one corner. Yeah, he right. wants to make it just better. Yeah, because right? yeah, so, you're going against the ones and yeah. not the twos and threes that's that fair. you see so in it was, preseason. It was cool. It was cool to, to touch base with him a little bit. Something I want to make mention of is, Christy, you talked about how um, the tight ends can get involved. And... When you win a game 40 to 0, there's not much to be picky about. We talked about this. But something that's been coming up, a reoccurring theme, was the drop balls by mm-hmm. the tight end room during the game. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott talked about this earlier uh, when we were all in the scrum. What I loved about this is some notes that I took when he was talking. He said that he's always talking with them. He actually sat in the film room with them, not because they asked him to or anything or he felt like he had to. He just said, because I wanted to. And I always communicate with not just them, but Lunda Wells, the tight ends coach as well. He said they had a tough game, but his job right now is to keep them focused and make them understand that they have not lost his trust. Yes. Yes. Also said they'll have a way better game this week. I can promise you that. Oh yeah. I think that is so that was good stuff. important out of everything that Dak said today. And Dak always has great interviews. When he said that, my ears just perked up yeah. instantly because again, 
it's so important for him as a quarterback to be so self-aware to say, look, I got to take care of my guys next to me and understand that, yes, it wasn't your best game. We're all on the same page of that. We're wiping it away. I still trust you because of everything we've mm-hmm. done before that. So um, I just wanted to make mention Yeah, of that. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes early and often it, to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, Ferguson I mean, and Hendershot. Yeah, looking at, looking at how the Jets play defense, they play quarters a lot, um, the middle of the field is open a lot so hopefully hopefully we'll see some um some passes to the tight ends and i know they're going to use them in the blocking game as well maybe yeah. we see some slippage and then you know using that using some of the things they're doing in 12 12 and 13 personnel to get those guys open and get them opportunities very good stuff and talking about tight ends well their blocking abilities let's mm-hmm. go to that and how that could be helpful too if there's not as much offensive line depth say there's not availability for certain players uh, on that injury report let's talk about chuma uh chuma doga he's a veteran player and i think a lot of people seem to forget how much time he's actually played uh in the nfl no you're okay uh how much he's actually played in the nfl because i was talking to terrence Steele today just quickly everybody was talking to zach martin terrence is standing right there i'm standing outside of the scrum and i was like sorry terrence i'm kind of in your way Caught up with Terrence in the meantime, and, and I asked him about Chuma. How do you think he did? And he said, oh, he teaches me stuff. He's a veteran guy. I'm like, you're right. People do seem to forget that sometimes. So, Christy, I know you got to catch up with Chuma and talk to him a little bit. What did he tell you? Yeah, I just wanted to talk to him because he actually began his career with the Jets. First, He's a mm-hmm. five-year guy, so fifth year now with the, the Cowboys. He spent last year with Atlanta, but his first three seasons were with the Jets. He was a third-round pick. They actually moved up a couple spot, or spots so that they made sure that they got him. But uh, he's gone against Quinn and Williams in those guys, right? So he knows he's practiced against them. And then uh, he also, Robert uh, Sala, who's the um, head coach of the Jets and mm-hmm. was the defensive coordinator for San Francisco and so successful, such a good defensive coach. Uh, Chuma's final year with the Jets was uh, Sala's first year as head coach with the Jets. So he knows him and, and said that he enjoyed playing with him and, uh, for him and kind of a competitive, um, demanding guy, yeah. but but uh, brought a lot of uh, spirit to the team, so he enjoyed playing for him. But, yeah, I think Adogo played really well, and just kudos to him because uh, it's kind of like Awesome Richards. What happened in preseason was they got all of these practice snaps in one area uh, in training camp, and then once the game goes around then you know playing tackle instead of guard or vice versa for Chuma and then of course he suffered the knee injury in preseason Mm -hmm. and missed some time so to be able to um, come back from that injury and then get uh, thrust into the starting lineup when Tyler Smith uh, comes up with the hamstring injury just a few days before going into the season opener it's great to have a veteran and and to your point Zach uh, Terrence everybody just nothing but uh you know, uh, words of, yeah, great things to say about Chuma. Something uh, that I want to toss to Aisha for, because we were sitting there and this uh, video came up on Twitter that you were like, did you see this? And it was a video of Tyler Biotish and Mm. kind of how he was helping Chuma Doga out uh, on a specific play. Something that I think gets misconstrued is how the cohesiveness within the offensive line is if, if, is affected when injuries do happen. However, these guys go in rotation with everybody else. Um, so even if a guy is out, they've worked with that guy mm-hmm. next to them before. You should talk about that play a little bit because it was something that it, I could see your, your little football brain just go ding. 
Oh, that's yeah. cool. So, so talk about what you saw with that. It was just it was just him keeping his assignment, honestly. Like uh I think they were double teaming I think they were double teaming in the middle of the defensive line. I can't describe it, like I have to see it, but they were double teaming and Tyler Biotis goes and helps out Zach Martin and Terrence Steele, and he comes over to the left side and seals off that, gets picks up that block for Dak Prescott. I know you can I know, picture I it. know the exact yeah. play you're talking about. Yes. He, he came back. He he probably covered about 9 or 10 yards yeah. coming off and getting back and, mm-hmm. and coming off uh, Dak's blind side. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And this, mm-hmm. the, the communication there and just, you know, the awareness from Tyler, I think, is is that's huge just to know, look, everything's everything's covered up right here so that means there's a free there's somebody mm-hmm. going free to my quarterback and to get there mm-hmm. and to you know to hold his assignment I thought that was important and it, talking back to you know talking about Chuma and the offensive line I touched base with quite a bit of the guys on the offensive line today because the Jets defense has the ability to rotate guys in and out very similar mm-hmm. to the Cowboys mm-hmm. and so I wanted to talk to the guys because I was I talked to Terrence Steele too I was curious yeah. on like how do you guys handle that how do you scout that what is that, like, how do you prepare for that? And it's, they just are like, we have to prepare for everything. Just like you were saying, they, they're like, we have to prepare for everything because you never know when a guy's going to go down. You never know when they're going to rotate a different guy in. And it was kind of surprising to me just the level of preparation they have to do because it's not just oh, I'm going mano-a-mano with the same guy all game. Mm-hmm. They have to prepare for changes, double teams, all that stuff. And it was just insightful for me to have that conversation with Tyler Biotish and, and Terrence today about the offensive line and having yeah. to be prepared for anything yeah. like you were talking about. Yeah, yeah Zach echoed something very similar to mm-hmm. what Terrence and, and um Terrence and Tyler told you, yeah. and that is that they have eight. There, we got so many Tylers. So many Tylers. Tylers. Everybody's name starts with a T. Anyway, except for Zach. But Zach was saying that there are the eight, you know, eight guys along that line, and they all play. So it's mm-hmm. just the same way that the Cowboys have such depth uh, along the line. They're all good. There's not a lot of fall off mm-hmm. from yeah. first to second team so and just one more point about Zach it being limited uh and coming up on the injury report today limited with the groin um issue and that is uh, a guy like TJ Bass who is his backup mm-hmm. or even like Jalen Brooks uh getting um extra time on the practice field uh, with Brandon Cooks at wide receiver uh not participating today so valuable to get yep. those practice reps yep. with first teamers yep. um, because again only 14 padded practices during the regular season and certainly it's not game speed but those those you don't get many opportunities in an NFL regular season if you're a backup to get a first team rep oh yeah so yes, every single one of them is valuable it's a very good point they don't get a lot of time. Sorry, sorry. No, <laughs> all you. Heck girl. yeah, girl. Yeah. yeah, all you. Something else I wanted to make mention of um, with everything that was said today, a big topic of conversation, especially with the Cowboys offense and this new Texas Coast system that they've created uh, under Mike McCarthy calling the plays, is not chasing big plays. And that's something that we've heard echoed really all week. Mike McCarthy mentioned it in a press conference earlier this week, and I know – Everybody kind of grabbed onto that because that's such an interesting concept when it comes to football is Mm. when you think of football, you think you want big plays every single time. But the way Mike McCarthy actually goes about this to me is just so fascinating um, when he's talking about the art of not chasing big plays. And then you even hear the guys in the locker room talking about it. And it's true. It really is. So 
Christy, I'm going to go to you for this first, and then we can open it up for discussion. But when Mike McCarthy mentioned not going for the big plays, not or not chasing them, I should I should say, not chasing them every single time, why is that so important as part of this game? Well, I, I think that when fans think of big plays in media, we think about uh, Dak throwing an eight, you know, like a, a deep post or yeah. throwing a bomb, a nine route, just you know, airing it out down the field. Don't we think of that as a big yeah. play in the passing game? Yeah. But uh, Dak made a very interesting point today. He's that it's not that it's not big plays. It's that I just need to get the, the ball to the guys in space because they're so good at run after catch that you still end up with big plays because they can get those extra yards. So I think that that is a, a frame of reference. I think that we need to kind of adjust the way that we think mm-hmm. of big plays. It's not Dak taking a five-step drop and just airing the sucker out. I mean, it's it's making sure that your playmakers have the opportunity to get yards after catch. Yeah, honestly, look at Philly. Look at the 49ers. They all do it. It's it's obviously it's a part of the West Coast system in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you look at the way that those teams have seen success um on the offensive side of the ball, that's a lot of what they're doing too. It's just you get the ball to your playmakers in space, make sure that they, you know, the spacing is good so they can go to work and they do a lot of the work for you. Exactly. <laughs> they do right. a lot of the work exactly for you as a quarterback. Right. But to your point, Jess, in regard to um, you know, the offense and not chasing big plays, I also look at it as listening to some of the things that Mike McCarthy said today. He mentioned, you know, just establishing something establishing something and he he mentioned that you really have four weeks until you establish anything Mm. on the offensive side of the ball specifically and I think that's important too with this first couple of weeks while we're watching them get into a rhythm and everything it's like they're figuring things out defenses are trying to figure things out in regard to them so chasing the big play I, I also look at on the other side of it is like they're trying to establish their offense during this time, and maybe that doesn't require you trying to chase big plays because you're just trying to get a feel, a foundation, timing. Guys are getting in game shape too, which matters. So that's just something I thought about when he yeah. mentioned he mentioned it today. Yeah. And, and the other thing with big plays, again, we I think most of us think of a passing game, but in the run game. It's blocking downfield. It's when they get into, you know, past that initial point and they get into the second level, when your wide receivers or your tight ends are throwing good blocks downfield, look, Tony Pollard, it's all those, and it's yards after contact Mm -hmm. as well, you know, instead of a two-yard gain, maybe it's a six-yard gain. Now, that's not technically a big play because it's usually judged in a run, in the run game of 10 yards plus, but we talked about it earlier in the week about some of the good blocking downfield yep. um, by the uh, wide receivers, and and it's all it's all tied together. That's why football is the ultimate team game. Absolutely, and I one more point, and then we'll go to break. As Dak mentioned, uh, that they want to live within the play, understand why the play is called, um, and capitalize when they're called. So the biggest thing there is execution and executing uh, when it does happen. We're going to switch gears, and we're going to talk about the defense a little bit in our next block. Keep sending us your questions, 817-290-3298. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. 
That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Two Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we are going to talk all things Dallas Cowboys defense, but first, head to the pro shop at Arlington Parks Mall in Arlington, Texas, on Saturday, September 23rd, between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. for the Dallas Cowboys collections on tour. See Rare Team Archives, customize headwear, and grab a gift with purchase, and enter for a chance to win a giveaway. Stay tuned for more tour stops coming throughout the season as well. All right, so you can send us your questions for this last segment. We'll answer them as we get them in. 817-290-3298. We got a question from Keith, and he is from Kentucky. So, Keith, thank you for sending your question. Ladies, the question is, are we ever going to get all 22 starters on the field at one time to start a game? Who wants to take this one first? You go first, Aisha. Oh, it's not likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it in any yeah. other way. It's just yeah. I don't know if we, I really don't know if there's any team in the NFL right now that's fielding the same team that they had in week one. It's yeah. it's just it's the nature of the game. That's why you have to prepare. That's why you have to have a Britt Brown. That's why you have to, you know, <laughs> that's why you have to do those things. So, I mean, crazy enough with the Cowboys, though, they've started the playoffs as healthy as you can be. Mm. Yes. I mean, I, I believe that that's how they kind of try to work things. So I'm sorry to tell you, Keith, but uh, <laughs> it, it don't play. It yeah, don't I, like I agree. It's 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 not likely. It's not likely that uh, it is the NFL. And uh, I wish it were so. Yeah, I think I'm, nice. I think I'm as as the sideline reporter. My bread and butter is the uh, injury reports. If I do a report in the game on Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, there's about a 90% chance that it's not good news. Mm. So I think I'm the only media person who wants less airtime because I'm kind of like the IRS. You don't want to hear from me. So it's a really, I I think it's a really great game if I have very few reports. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, we don't see you as the IRS. Oh, well, thanks so much. We love hearing from you uh, here on the (laughs) podcast. podcast if that if that helps thank you so much better (laughs) Um, i ain't never heard nobody describe themselves as the irs but there's christy yeah there you go you don't want to hear from her don't get that call or what is it ronan you don't want ronan farrow to call you or you didn't back in the day you didn't want mike wallace from 60 minutes to show up in your office it probably was bad news there's a scandal coming Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, let's talk a little bit of defense. Uh, mm-hmm. We heard from Micah Parsons uh, today, and Micah is just Micah. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, 
this guy, anytime Micah talks, it's just so interesting to me. But the little nugget that I did get from him today that I wanted to talk about was he talked about, um, or he was asked, I think it was by Jeff Kolb, he was asked about his boxing training and how that's translated well for him in this game now. And he said he learns how to be attacked under pressure and um, it's kind of the same as sparring, as you learn how to just take it and, and take the hits. I thought that was interesting. He, he learned how it helps his hands and, and all of that. But Micah Parsons, obviously, just such a dynamic player. And he is that guy. He's your general, if you will, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about kind of how... Obviously, when teams face Micah, they're <laughs> they're going to try to do what they can to release that ball quickly so Micah doesn't get to your quarterback. What can the Jets' offensive line, I'll go to you first, Aisha, what can the Jets' offensive line do to kind of hold off not just the pass rush from Micah Parsons, but you have a Tank Lawrence uh, on the other side as well, and to avoid what poor Daniel Jones had to see last week uh, with the pass rush. I mean, they had quite a few sets uh, last game where they did 12, 13 personnel, sometimes 14. They're bringing in extra tight ends to help out, you know, just as the Cowboys do as well. Um, this offensive line is far better um, in run blocking than pass mm -hmm. blocking. Um, spoke to Damone Clark, and he said that this is the biggest offensive line that they might see and he's talking about size and it's so weird because their their footwork is not the best but they're able to get up the field and they're able to have some success with their run game so I expect for them to try to neutralize a lot of what the Cowboys do especially aggressively with um, countering it with screens, misdire mm -hmm. lots of misdirection mm -hmm. to get their eyes looking in different places because the way that the Cowboys rally to the ball and the way they flood to the ball, it's difficult to, I think it's going to be difficult for this offensive line to get out in space the way they want to. They're not a super powerful offensive line. They do a lot more zone blocking and stuff. So I'm um, the way that you neutralize an uh, neutralize a, um, a pass rush like the Cowboys, like a Michael Parsons, is that you run. Mm -hmm. Or you, you know, you do things to get them out. I don't know about that, but they, you run. So yeah. um, I think that that's something that this defense expects, touching base with a lot of them this week. I wanted to get a feel for their temperament with the fact that teams looking at that game are going to decide to run the ball. Sure. They're going to – and Mike McCarthy's talked about this. Oh, yeah. He's talked about the fact that they are aware – of what they possess from a D-line standpoint and how that's going to change people's game plans. Yeah, this team is probably going to try to run the ball in various different ways, and it's the Cowboys' defense job to stop it and earn the pass rush, and from there it's it's curtains. I love that, earn the pass rush is so important yep. because if you take away the run game and put them in longer down and distance and force Zach Wilson to have to pass the ball, but also if your special teams – uh, or if your offense, that they can get a lead. You know, Daniel Jones had no chance last year. Oh, Fallen man. behind so early last year, last week. Feels like uh, last year. Uh, it's been he long he had no chance. You know, they they had to <laughs> they had to pass the ball because they were uh, behind. But I I think what's really important about the run game is this sounds so elementary it's so fundamental but tackling is so important this week mm -hmm. and limiting the yards after contact because uh, jets are number one in the nfl after week one um uh, over five and a half yards after contact per rush mm -hmm. and so when you it, it's going to be swarm tackling 
and wrap up and and not let Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook get any of these yards after contact. Something I wanted to make sure to mention, speaking of Brees Hall, uh, he was on the injury report again for the second day. Mm -hmm. uh, The Jets injury report really didn't change from yesterday. So you have Dwayne Brown, uh, Dwayne Brown, offensive lineman with a shoulder injury. He was limited. Uh, Makai Brechton, offensive lineman, knee injury limited. And then Brees Hall running back, uh, knee injury limited as well. And something Micah was asked about today specifically was um, the dynamic duo of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, that kind of one-two punch that the Jets have found um, success with. He he was asked, you know, how do you prepare for facing a two-back team? Um, and he said, we try to play more honest and we make them play from behind. So it just kind of ties into uh, everything that we're saying there. Something that I thought was funny um, in terms of Micah Parsons is he has such a special way of looking at this game Somebody asked him, um, how do you feel about being double teamed? When, when somebody's double teaming you, how do you take that? And he said, I take it as a term of respect. If you feel like you have to do more for me, you respect me more. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how he put it out there. Um, and then he, he said, for example, Miles Garrett on the Jets defense understands that as well. So I, I just think when it comes to this game – it's really the battle of which defensive side can get off to a quicker start. And, and I think the offenses will speak for themselves, right? And and you're going to see more of a full Cowboys offense now that they're not in a rain plan. Um, and, of course, uh, they all laughed about that, saying, yeah, there's not going to be any rain at AT&T Stadium uh, on the inside. And so you're not under a rain plan. You're kind of going to see both teams at this point, both offenses, showing their hands to what they are more because, one – the Jets were not prepared, you know, for anything to happen to Aaron Rodgers like it did. So they kind of had to adjust on the fly with Zach Wilson. They've had a full week to prepare now. The Cowboys obviously had to divert to a rain plan, which is not their usual game plan. They're kind of playing at the same pace right now as far as the offenses go of figuring out what their footing is and establishing within those four-week marks, like you mentioned earlier, Aisha, that Mike McCarthy said. So there's that. Ladies, I want to pose this question to you um, as I continue to check for more questions. Um, Who do you project, offensively, defensively, special teams, whatever the case is, to have a really big game on Sunday and why? Don Christie. Well, on a defense, I think I'm going to go linebacker just because uh, whether it's uh, Leighton or Damone, just because I think stopping the run is going to be huge. You know, Osa, you know, they're the middle of the line, Hankins. I just, uh, like we've talked about, you expect the Jets to try and establish that run game. And so um, I think if the interior of our line and our linebackers uh, have totaled a lot of tackles, then then that's a, that's a good thing offensively. I think that's going to be real interesting, um, you know, especially if Brandon Cooks doesn't play. Let's see if Michael Gallup maybe gets a few more. There are too many games where he's not a factor. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think CD's going to get his, but Michael may get some extra opportunities on Sunday. You think they're going to double CD at all? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they never well, going well, to? You know, Mom, uh, they... Well, you know, they really um, – I mean, they've got good corners, with uh, Reed and, and and Sauce, so I don't, I don't. How much did they double, if any, on uh, Monday night? None. They didn't See? really double Stefan Diggs yeah. like that, and he made him pay, which well, is what I'm saying. It's won't. like I wonder Lightning if they doesn't strike twice in the same spot. Right? Yeah, because I Maybe. mean, when you look at them on film, like they're a lot of the stuff they do is like cover three, cover four. But I was thinking like 
Yeah, they might change it up. They might change it up and do some things differently. But um, to answer your question, Jess, I'm sorry. Uh, offense, I'm going to go with Ferg. I think he bounces back. There's going to be a lot of opportunities, I believe, there for the tight ends to uh, to get mismatches with the size um, of some of their corners and stuff in space. And from the defensive side of the ball, tater tots. Uh, who's intermediate? I feel like whoever is playing in that front seven, I would say J. maybe J-Ron, maybe J-Ron Curse, yep. Marquise maybe J-Ron Curse or Deron Bland has yeah, that's a good right. game. Cause yeah, that's, yeah. I don't, I don't expect Zach Wilson to be throwing the ball that, down the field a lot. I yeah. think a lot of what we're going to see action wise will be the Cowboys making him play from, you know, the middle of the field. Down, down I thought you were going to talk uh, defensively. I thought you were going to say Osa. I was waiting for you to I say mean, Osa. I mean, I've been saying Osa since <laughs> the season started, so at, at this point I feel like he's going to get his anyway. I, yeah. He, he's not a surprise to me no more. There you go. There you go. Uh, Micah talked about Osa today saying he's a bad man and he's finally putting it all together. <laughs> anything to for you, Osa. Yep, the double team. He really did. Um Okay, I'm going to go with offensively, I'm going to say Jalen Tolbert. Um, I, you stole Michael Gallup. That was, that was my no, first no, go-to um, because I think the ball distribution is something um, that we, we didn't even get to touch base on, really, no. in, in, the, in the podcast this week. But we didn't see it because guess what? Rain plan really threw everybody off for what we would actually see. Yeah, and having a big offense. lead. And having a big no leading, resting your starters yep. in the fourth quarter. Basically yeah. feeling like a preseason yeah, game. Yeah, it was. Um, now, I'm going to go with Jalen Tolbert. You went with Michael Gallup. That was my first guy. But I'm going to go Jalen Tolbert here um, because I think, again, he's a guy that you just really, man, you, you haven't even seen the best of him yet. You've seen glimpses of what he can be. But now that it's the season, he's ready, he's in his groove, you're about to see a big takeoff from Jalen Tolbert throughout the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with this game. Um, defensively, I'm going to go with, oh, man, I'm going to go with Tank. I'm going to say Tank because mm-hmm. Micah Parsons, yes, everybody knows, but Tank, he has that juice back. And, and you really talk to him, and he feels rejuvenized, if you will, uh, with how this offensive or this uh, defensive line is playing, rather, giving him the the opportunity to pass rush. He looked very quick. He looked so quick in this last game, um, as far as getting off of the edge a little bit quicker. And he was just bullying and bullying and bullying. So I think when he gets warm, he gets hot. You're gonna get some uh, possible tank sacks. And he's so good against the run. That's what I was about to say. So good. He's so so underappreciated for what he does with setting the edge and and run defense. Absolutely. And that's something that's big in this game, I believe, just because of the way that they kind of they try to. I think that's gonna. There's gonna be opportunity mm. for the uh, Jets to try to run at the edges. They probably will if they don't see success. And okay. Tank is. You brought up Tank. I'm glad that you did. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best. I think he was ranked number one or number two as an edge defender last year there against the run. So yeah, it's, that's a really good point. It's good. Thanks, guy. guys. All right. Well, prepare for takeoff because your Dallas Cowboys are taking on the New York Jets at home at AT&T Stadium on Sunday. Ladies, we are back here on Monday, so we will have plenty to talk about, I'm sure, as we do every uh, Monday following a Sunday game. Hopefully it's another victory Monday. Um, Thank you guys so, so much for joining us this week. Again, we're back on Monday, 4 o'clock Central Time, Monday through Thursday every week as our season continues on. 
thank you all so much for watching. Uh, for Jess, Aisha, and Christy, we appreciate you guys so, so much. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you back here on Monday. Bye. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!